the school is out. Which means it's time for Hi Kids. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hi Kids show. My name is Renal Silverstone and I am your host for today. This is Hi Kids, for Kids, by Kids. And thank you so much for choosing 101.9 Hi FM and listening to the Hi Kids show. Today on the Hi Kids show, I'll be speaking to Taylor Hesselton and she is an audiologist. Kids, don't go away. We have such an interesting show for you. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. Hi Kids, for Kids, by Kids. My name is Renal Silverson and I am your host for today. Good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How's your day been? Yeah, it's been good. Not bad. Not bad for a Tuesday. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so let's begin. What is an audiologist? So, an audiologist is a healthcare professional that diagnoses and treats hearing and vestibular disorders. So vestibular, we're talking about dizziness and your balance, because you know you use your ears to balance. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we taste hearing and we taste dizziness as well. Um, so it completely depends what's going on with you. If you've lost your hearing, if you've got ringing in your ears, if you've got blocked ears, if you're feeling a little bit off balance, that's when you come to n- and see us. Hmm. So how do you know if you're gonna if you start losing your hearing? So from experience speaking to patients, they start figuring it out when their family starts to pick it up. So. For example, <laughs> you keep asking people to repeat themselves, um, especially in noisy environments. That's where it gets really difficult for p- patients who are losing their hearing. Um, sometimes patients wake up with blocked ears and they feel like they can't hear then. Um, sometimes patients wake up with all of a sudden a hearing loss in their ear and then you've got to figure out what's going on. So there's lots of different ways you can actually lose your hearing, um, lots of different causes for hearing loss. Hmm. So why is it called audiology? So to be dead honest with you, I have no idea why they called it that in the beginning, but I assume because the word audio means sound, the sound coming through your ears. That's why it's called audiology. It makes sense. Can you tell us a little bit about the ear? So... Your ear consists of three parts. You get your outer ear, which is the part that everybody can see and that you sometimes pierce. You get the middle ear, which is where the sound gets transferred through. And you get your inner ear, which contains your hearing organ and your balance organs as well. So how the ear works, just to give you a little bit of a background, the outer ear picks up all the sounds and it sends it through the middle ear. And that's where you get your eardrum. And you're, you know the bones in your middle ear, those tiny little bones. You learn about them in school. I don't know if you've got there yet. But you get tiny little bones and the sound gets transferred through those bones to your hearing organ hmm. where sound gets perceived, yeah. Is it true that when you shout, it goes right through the other ear? The other ear? Now we have one ear, but it can come through the bone at the back of your ear. Hmm. Maybe that's the other ear you're referring to. What is the difference hmm. between... A ear specialist and an audiologist. Okay. So you get ear, nose, and throat specialists, and they basically treat diseases and they operate, whereas audiologists work as their right-hand men, and we test the hearing before the operations. We work very well together, hand-in-hand, because a lot of the time patients go to the ENT first with all of these problems, but the ENTs don't actually test the hearing 
et cetera, et cetera. So then they send them to us and then we send them back for treatment. So the, sure. the ear specialists actually diagnose and treat the, the, the actual problem. Hmm, very interesting. Yeah. So why do people need hearing aids? So when you start to lose your hearing, those little, you've got little outer hair cells in your, in your hearing organ. Okay. And those little hearing cells, outer hair cells start to die off. And when those die off, they cannot be replaced. So what a hearing aid does is it picks up the sound, you take it, you pop it into your ear, picks up the sound, sends it all through and, and helps re- replace that hearing. Wow. Yeah. They're very cool. Yeah. <laughs> they help a lot. So can headaches come from the ears? Oh, that's a complicated question. They can, because you can get migraines of the inner ear. It is very possible. Um, but most of the time, no. Not huh. really. And what happens if you do? If you do, oh, then you go on a series of treatments in order to sort that type of a migraine out. Wow. And hoping, hopefully it doesn't make you dizzy, because <laughs> that can happen. And what will happen then? And then you're falling over all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then, once again, you need treatment for that to help you stop falling over. So what over. is the treatment? What if you don't want to take proper medicine, if, like a homeopath? Then you're going to struggle. <laughs> then you're going to stay dizzy or hope that it sort of phases itself out. But you don't want to do that. Yeah. (laughs) So if you get headaches, let's say like, you know, your sinuses and on your foreheads, can it be coming from your ears? No. So that'll come from your sinuses, which are in your nose. But it can, all of that fluid can drain into the ear, which makes your ears sore and makes your ears feel all blocked and icky. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. (laughs) So you don't want that either. So if that happens, you need to go and see one of the doctors or an audiologist. Yeah. Either one of us is fine. <laughs> so how do you know, how do audiologists know to give hearing aids? So what we do is we put patients in a soundproof booth and we put headphones, just like the ones you and I are wearing now, over the patient's ears and we do a proper diagnostic hearing test. And we plot everything on a special graph. And if the the little symbols are not in the correct position on the graph, we we have categories. We have mild, we have moderate, we have severe, we have profound. And as soon as those little symbols go into any one of those categories, we know that there's a hearing loss and we need to intervene. Mm. Mm. So can you tell us one of the categories? Yeah. So you get, well, you get so many different types of hearing loss. You get conductive hearing losses, which is all middle ear. You get sensory neural hearing losses, which is all nerve related and balance organ related. And then you get mixed hearing losses, which is a combination of the both. So when it, it completely depends which hearing loss it is, and then we go from there. That's why a hearing test is so important. You can't just put a hearing aid in somebody's ear. You have to do proper, proper tests. So how do you help people when with it comes to hearing? Yeah. Okay. So you know you get a whole bunch of different type of hearing aids. So if a patient has a hearing loss that's just dropped, They'll need hearing aids. Sometimes we go for something like a cochlear implant. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. (laughs) Definitely not. Yeah, that's very interesting. Or other times you go for something like a bone-anchored hearing device, which goes on your other ear, as you referred to it earlier, clips into the back of your your skull behind your ear, and we send sound through there. That sounds gross. It is (laughs) not gross. (laughs) It's actually so cool. So as an audiologist, do Mm. you need to learn sign language? So it completely depends. Some audiologists do, um, but we work with patients who can still hear, whereas sign language is something that you go for if you don't ever get access to sound. So when you are born, if you can't hear, 
you can't learn to speak. So then a lot of people who don't get the right access to sound or to cochlear implants or anything like that actually start to learn to sign because that's their way of communication. Whereas I still work with people who can hear and who wear either Bajas or hearing aids or even cochlear implants who have actually learned to speak because they had the correct intervention when they were younger. Um, So I did do a bit of sign language at Varsity, but I haven't done it since. So I, I, I couldn't help you with that, actually. I'm not very good at sign language anymore. Well, can you tell us one of the things that you remember? From where? Sign language. <laughs> this is a pig. So when you took, take a fist and put on your nose, You that's take a, a fist and you wiggle it around on your nose. I know that's a pig. That's about it. And this is how you say thank you. If you hold your hand to your mouth and you move it away from your mouth, that's how you say thank you. And please, would it be like hands begging? It's probably something similar. Yeah. But I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> so when you play the drums, why do you have to put the, the earplugs in your ears? So drums are very loud. Have you ever played drums before? I play the drums. You play the drums now. Do you yeah. wear Do you wear earplugs? Uh, I'm still learning. <laughs> You're still so learning. So it's still more gentle. Okay. As long as it's still gentle because as soon as you start bashing drums and <laughs> they get louder and louder and louder, it's obviously very close to your ears. And that can actually kill off those little hair cells that we've got that I was talking about. So you want to try and preserve your hearing as much as possible. I actually had a patient this morning who is a drum player um, and he actually has a noise-induced Hearing loss. Why? Yeah, but he's played them his whole life and he never wore hearing protection. So take my advice. (laughs) (laughs) So what is your eardrum? So your eardrum, it separates your outer ear from your middle ear. It's like a sheath. And what it actually does, it picks up vibrations and it sends it all the way through that middle ear to that inner ear. That's what your eardrum does. Hmm. Sometimes you can get little holes in them as well. Okay. And then we have to fix those. So how do we be careful with our eardrums? So the best thing to do is to make sure you don't stick earbuds in your ears. You don't want to perforate your eardrum with a with a little cotton bud. <laughs> All right. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. All right. So those were called earbuds. I don't think they're allowed to be called earbuds anymore because basically what people do is they push them too far in and they can push that little eardrum, which isn't good. Yeah. And then swimmers... <laughs> Swimmers often um, perforate their eardrums as well by diving into the water, and that impact um, that hits that eardrum, that also creates problems. So they should also wear earplugs. Swimming plugs, yes. Correct. We make lots of swimming plugs at my practice. And that's very cool. Yeah. So what did you study to become an audiologist? So I studied a very specific degree called B-Communication Audiology and Speech Therapy. Um, So basically we start off doing both. Uh, by learning how to give children speech therapy because if you can't hear, you can't speak. So you've got to go one and then the other. And then I branched off into audiology only where I focus mainly on hearing and and balance. So how come you chose this? So initially I did want to be a speech therapist. I loved working with kitties. Um, But the ear was so interesting and there was such a wide variety of things that I could do and that I do do at work every single day, which interested me a bit more than speech therapy at the time. Uh, I would have loved to do both, but I ended up just choosing one. So how many years did it take to study? It took me four years. It's a four-year degree. 
And then what they do is they send you off to a, a government hospital to go and practice for a year to do your community service. So yeah. you go and work um, in one of the government hospitals somewhere in the country that you don't know where you're going. They just send you and off you That's go. Sad. Hey, But what if you want to choose a hospital? Yeah, they don't really listen to you. They didn't listen to me. I can promise you that. It was fun. I ended up having a great time anyway. (laughs) What kind of hearing problems can you get? So you can get nerve-related problems where um, the little hair cells in in the inner ear, they start to die off. Those are the ones I was telling you about earlier. Then you can get middle ear problems. So those little bones in your middle ear, they can get fixated within each other, stuck together basically, and they don't want to move. They don't want to move that sound across. And then you can get a combination of both. So there are there's a wide variety of, of problems that could happen with your ears that oh. could affect your hearing. Yeah, yeah. So can you fix half of them? Most of them. Yes, we can. Oh. We can. Um, the earlier, the better. So if people come to you sooner rather than later, they've got a better chance. Um, but most of the time we can do something about it. What can you do about ringing? So that ringing in your ear, that's, do you know the real name for that? What? It's called tinnitus. Ah. Uh-huh. And that happens when you start to lose your hearing. So those little outer hair cells, when they start to die off, the ones that are left over almost overcompensate for the ones that have died off, creating echoes in the ear. And that echo is perceived as ringing. And sometimes it can sound like a pounding noise, a pulsating noise. It can be a high-pitched sound like crickets. Um it can be perceived in many, many different ways. And the only way you can really treat that is by hearing aids. There aren't wow. any medications for that. And sometimes medication can cause it as well. So we've got to be very careful with those. Hmm. Are you working on any cure for it? Not myself, but I know the scientists in the labs, they definitely are working on a cure for, for tinnitus because it is a lot of the population do struggle with it. Even some people without hearing loss struggle with it. (laughs) And then we wonder why, hey. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So if people are born deaf, Mm. how are you going to fix it? So it depends on the degree. Remember earlier I explained to you that there are categories. So if the category is is profound, which is the worst type of hearing loss you can get, then we go for the cochlear implant route, which is like a little electrical device that we implant into the cochlea and that provides the patient with hearing and then they get intensive speech therapy. If it's just a more mild to moderate hearing loss, we fit with hearing aids as soon as the, the baby is diagnosed. So that's why getting your ears tested as soon as you're born is very, very important so that we know sooner rather than later. And yeah. you can fix it sooner rather than later. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens if you just become deaf randomly? Like you have excellent hearing and you wake up with deafness. Yeah, that is most likely a viral infection that's whacked your ear. Um, we don't like those. They're not very nice. But we can we can reverse the majority of the time um, with with things like antivirals and cortisone and all of those kinds of medications. Um, That's when the ENT and I work very closely together. And we try and reverse that and give the patient their hearing back. So what happens if you search something up and Google, let's say, tells you what to do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it tells you to do this random thing and then it makes your hearing worse. Oh, that's very unfortunate. Then hopefully that person comes and sees one of us very quickly um, so that we can help them in a more professional manner. 
Hmm. Googling. Googling things isn't good, kids. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. Not not medical things. I mean, I Google lots of things. But <laughs> not medical things. Yeah. Mm. Well, I am learning a lot about our ears, but I'm going to learn more after this song. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. This is Hi Kids, for Kids, by Kids. My name is Renal Silverstone and I am 12 years old. Let's carry on with the questions. What can affect your hearing? Oh, so many things can affect your hearing. So loud noise is, is one of them. That's why we try and promote hearing protection, especially if you like to play music or you like to listen to music very loudly, Renal. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do promote uh, noise plugs for, for things like that. Otherwise, old age, a lot of the time old age. As you get older, you know, your hair gets a little bit grayer and your eyes aren't so good anymore. Your, yeah. your ears follow suit, unfortunately. Um, otherwise, things like viral infections, those that I mentioned earlier, um, those can, can affect your hearing quite badly. So, But I could go on forever. No, keep going. <laughs> Come on. We um, want to know. Things like middle ear infections as well. So... Little kitties usually struggle with these more than adults, but it does happen in adults, um, where you've got something called a eustachian tube, and do you know what that is? I'm sorry, it just sounds so funny. <laughs> it is a funny word, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I get so used to these words. Yeah, that I and then even... you realize other people like mm. what the hedge. <laughs> exactly. Um, and in children, those little tubes are a lot more horizontal, and as you get older, they become more diagonal. So then the fluid drains nicely. But if they're horizontal, that fluid likes to lie in them and causes an ear infection. And that's that can cause hearing loss as well. So then we put things like grommets in. Do you know what a grommet is? Yeah. You know what a grommet is? That little tube that helps drain that fluid out of the, the middle ear. Yeah. Do you take them out? So they fall out on their own usually. Um, but if they if they don't, then the, the ENT, the ear specialist, will have to take it out for you. Or we just... What if you clean your ears like daily, you know, uh, not daily, pardon, um, like you clean it, you know, the mm. time you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. What's but that time, Renal? Like about every month. Every month. Yeah. yeah, yeah. About. With what? Earbuds. No, we we really don't like earbuds. Can I tell you why? It's tube. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> earbuds, they, they've got cotton on them. And if you stick that cotton into your ear all the time, that you can actually leave those little fibers behind. And that can create an ear infection as well. And you're also pushing the wax in your ear back. So it's trying to come out of your ear. But if you keep taking that little earbud, thinking you're taking it out, you're actually pushing it back, causing a blockage. So they always say that you should never put something bigger than your elbow in your ear. And your elbow is never going to fit into your ear. (laughs) So... My advice would be to just take a little face cloth and after your shower, just clean your ears out with a face cloth. Otherwise, they don't need to be cleaned. You don't have to worry about that. But what if there's like a lot of wax? Then it's it's a good idea to go to an audiologist or your GP or an ENT to get it professionally removed because they will take it out with, with special tools mm. and not push it back in, not leave little fibers behind. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> you can imagine. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not good because you don't want to cause an ear infection. You don't want to create a problem yeah. for no reason. What if someone's hearing is like going away and then they don't want hearing aids, but they want it to he- like become good? What to do? 
Yeah, that's difficult. We do deal with that quite often where we diagnose a hearing loss, a specific kind of hearing loss, and we give our professional opinion on what to do about it. And patients are not interested. But eventually they realize that it's getting worse and worse because if you don't intervene and you don't amplify those ears soon enough, then it's only going to get worse, unfortunately. Um, so you've got to be careful to not scare your patients, but you've got to let them know that you've got to sort this out sooner rather than later. Otherwise, it will get worse, and then we're not going to have much left to work with. So we want to have enough hearing left to intervene properly. Then patients coming to you with dead ears and us not being able to do anything. Wow. Yeah. So we have to try and counsel the patient in order to get them to agree with us and to trust us um, to let them help, to let us help them. So what are one of your worst cases? Oi, um, my worst case working at where I work now, a little boy was brought to us. He was eight years old, and his mom told us that he had been going to an autistic school. Um, yeah, and he just wasn't doing so well in the autistic school, and no one had ever asked if they had tested his hearing, and we, they brought him to us, and we tested his hearing, and it turns out he wasn't autistic. He actually was deaf, and... He was so far gone because he was eight years old already. So when you are born with a hearing loss, you get something called neuroplasticity in your brain. And if you don't intervene before seven years old, that neuroplasticity gets taken over by the other senses of your brain. So your brain rewires itself. And that had happened with him already. So his hearing could not be accessed. He, we could not utilize his hearing anymore. So we actually sent him to a, a deaf school where they learned um, sign language and, and all of that because oh, wow. it's then too late to, yeah. to try and teach him actual language, speech and language. Wow. Yeah. That's sad. So it, it was sad. Um, I, I don't like cases like that where kids get to us too late or any type of patient gets to us too late. And it happens more often than you'd think because not everybody has the resources to get to us. Yeah. Which money, you know. Money is, is a big barrier. Um, that's why when working for the government, it was nice because the patient never needed to pay. So I could help patients left, right, and center. Um, but that was if they could even get to us because even getting on a taxi sometimes was, was difficult. Yeah. yeah. So that, those, those definitely are my worst cases. The patients who have, who have got to me too late. Shame. Yeah. Well, what would happen if your ear got blocked? Okay, so that could happen because of sinuses. So those little things in your nose um, are all connected to your ear. And if those, if that sinus infection runs down into your ear, then it's going to block your ears up. That's when we do pressure tests and all of that in order to see if it's your ear or if it's actually just your sinuses. So then you take some antibiotics and you get it all cleared up. Oh. Otherwise, it could be wax. Then the doctor definitely has to take that wax out of your ear. Yeah. You don't want a big wax plug in there. Yeah. What happens, let's say a child's like, you know, they're silly and all and mm -hmm. playing, and they're outside and a fly or something, and it flies into their ear. Yeah. What would happen? <laughs> that, that happens. So <laughs> I've seen a few cockroaches in ears before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, they, I think... According to the patient, the cockroach crawled in whilst they were sleeping. A moth, as well, gets caught in their ear, gets caught in the wax, and we have to pull them out. Um, what did you ask? A fly? A 
I've never seen a fly, thank goodness. It actually happened to someone I know. Oh, really? Yeah, but it's gone now. It's thank goodness, ago. yeah. No. Then you got to get to that doctor and, and get that taken out ASAP. Yeah. Okay, last question. How can people get hold of you? Oh, that's nice and easy. We've got a website. Um, so our practice is called Linksfield Audiology. We are at the main Netcare Linksfield Hospital. Um, and our number is 011-485-2325. And you can email us as well on Linksfield Audio at telcomsa.net. Otherwise, just Google us, Linksfield Audiology. You'll pick us up quickly. Yeah. So, guys, you better get checked with your hearing. Thank you so much to my guest, Taylor Hesselton, for coming on Kids. And thank you to my producer, Mandy and Craig, for pushing the big red buttons. Join us tomorrow for another Kids show, only on 101.9 FM. But goodbye, kids. Have a super-duper awesome day.